0: Hello, and welcome to the Recovering From Religion podcast. Our mission here is to offer hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. What follows is the audio from selected videos posted on Recovering From Religion's YouTube channel. So sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Obviously, you all know Janice, she has been here before so many times and we keep bringing her back because she's just that amazing. Um, and today we're going to speak about how community is important for, um, for mental health, for even physical health, um, how it is so crucial, especially in the area of, not in the area, in the era of COVID uh, is super, super important. So we're going to speak about that. And I'm just going to give you a bit of a bio of Janice. Um, So Janice, as a registered professional counsellor with a personal history of religious trauma syndrome, uh, is passionate about helping others understand their losses and embrace embrace their new identity in the secular world. Her own deconversion experience compelled her to develop the online diverse in religion workshop, a six weeks interactive workshop combining written exercises and group work to bring together those from diverse backgrounds who are waking up, uh, sorry, who are walking a similar journey. Uh, so Janice, thank you so much for being here as always and welcome. It's it's so amazing thank that you, that you, you get keep the time inviting me back. It's wonderful.
0: <laughs> well you keep we doing must. such a great job, you know. Uh, <laughs> thank you yeah.
1: guys. And the topics you bring are always so relevant. I feel like in this case community, it is it couldn't be like better timed. Like it's Regardless if you're if you've never been religious, you're probably feeling a bit lonely right now or you have had in the past few months. So I feel like this is such a relevant topic um, and obviously, especially if you're ex religious, and that is obviously something <laughs> that you have had to struggle with. Now, uh, so uh,
0: kind of before we uh, uh, step off on this, this is actually a part of um, uh, a whole mo- a set of modules you put a whole, a whole curriculum you set you've put together. That's
2: right. Yes, six. There are six modules. And this is one of the modules in the divorcing religion workshop It's called plenty of fish. And I did name it after the dating site because I thought that would get people's attention finding and building new communities.
0: Well, I think that worked because uh, there is a ton of people here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I gotta say, I have not had great luck on plenty of fish, so <laughs> I wish you good luck if that's the pool you choose to swim in.
0: <laughs> so uh, this is you, you have um, this is the fifth module of six, and divorcing religion kind of covers uh, the, that's a whole curriculum type of uh, unit. Is that what you're calling it?
2: yes it's uh well i call it an online workshop and i designed it for each module to mirror uh or reflect one of the stages of divorce marital divorce because when we divorce religion when we walk away from our faith or lose our faith it is very much like a divorce it actually is uh significant enough to even be uh, compared to death if we've been very devout very faithful and we lose that faith it's can be very traumatizing really really hard so i thought packaging it um as divorce divorcing religion people could relate to that
1: mm-hmm. yeah um so i guess the first question for uh this specific topic of community would be why why are we treating the topic of community which i know is very obvious but maybe you can give us some Uh, effects of loneliness, both physical and mental health effects of loneliness. Um, So, yeah, yeah, why should we care about this topic?
2: It's so, the timing of this is so appropriate right now uh, in the midst of our pandemic and actually people who are living with religious trauma syndrome, so you've been affected by not only losses that you've incurred by being part of a religious community, things that you've had to give up, things that you've had to deny, but then losses that you've suffered as a result of leaving or being Mm -hmm. kicked out of that community. So that's religious trauma syndrome in a nutshell. If we're already coping with the loss of our religious or faith community, and then now we're also forced more into a time of Mm self-isolation, we're at tremendous, risk, uh, a lot greater risk than I would say than the average um, person for mental health concerns and not only mental, but physical, because there are physiological impacts from being lonely. And in fact, even before the pandemic, um, a couple years ago in the United Kingdom, they developed the a, a minister in their cabinet, their government that I think has the saddest title ever called the Minister of Loneliness. And that's really a government office that they had to um, open up there. So it's very significant, particularly in um, first world nations, in in Western nations. And what I found um, is that loneliness is not just synonymous with the idea of um, solitude, but it actually is defined by the level of satisfaction with connectedness and also by our perceived Self isolation, so it's it's how we're perceiving um, the situation as much as it is just the fact that um, we are on our own. And um, loneliness increases the health risks. Uh, there, I did read an incredible study oh,
0: no. suggesting
2: that the oh. impact of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, 15 cigarettes a day, that was shocking Man. to me. That's so really that's bad. yeah, that's, that's a big awful. deal. And uh, twice, it's twice as harmful to physical and mental health as obesity, loneliness. is that. I mean, that is mind blowing to me. And I think we've never lived in a time where loneliness has been such an em- epidemic as it is now. And chronic loneliness also um, can lead to long term fight or flight signaling in your body, you know, when that's activated, and that leads to higher inflammation and lower immunity so if you're chronically lonely you may also be having trouble with your immune system so it's really important to be talking about loneliness and acknowledging loneliness and trying to figure out how we can help ourselves and help other people in the midst of a loneliness epidemic
1: yeah, I think I read in an article that uh, loneliness decreases life expectancy by a ridiculous number. I don't remember which one, so I'm not going to even try, but it was like a completely absurd number. And that was like, how is this not something that people talk about more? Because uh, obesity, alcohol, cigarettes, we all know how bad all of these things are. We all know the dangers of it, but I feel like we don't speak so much about loneliness. So. Mm-hmm it can be very hard it can be very
2: hard for people to uh, admit that they are struggling with loneliness and battling loneliness but particularly now in the age of pandemic that we're in um it is a very real issue that people are dealing with and of course it can also um drive addictions as people are trying to Mm self-medicate and they're drinking more, they're eating more, they're involved in um, behaviors that can actually be harmful if they're doing them too much. And they're doing it to try and soothe that feeling of loneliness that's inside them.
0: I'm on the um, tail end of the Gen X uh, generation, you know, and my my generation and the ones before it, we were all kind of taught to just suck it up, suck it up buttercup, uh, you know, and so we've kind of been, uh, uh, taught to just stuff it, and uh, even if we're lonely, we we can't really talk about it because uh, uh, you should be able to fix this on your on your own. Um, but I would imagine that just is like a vicious cycle of kind of feeding upon itself over and over again. And um, maybe we'll talk about this more in in the uh, uh, towards the end. Of, but uh, that's kind of what I'm hearing when uh, when you're talking when you're describing it. It's kind of what's coming up for me
2: right and when we were part of a religious community often loneliness wasn't uh, nearly as much of an issue because it was a ready-made community a one-stop shop meeting so many of our needs um so to have that loss of community really does uh impact us quite negatively in in some ways um I came up with some ideas for how we can be battling loneliness and some of them also would work with the idea of building communities so battling loneliness and building community if you want me to talk a bit about those and just jump in
1: and ask me questions definitely please okay uh, let us know how how can we fight this very common issue Okay, one of the first um,
2: things that I think is important and that we absolutely have the power to do is to try and manage our thinking and particularly to use the skill of reframing, psychologically reframing things. So it's, it's very easy to fall into the mindset of, oh my God, everything's terrible and the pandemic's going to go on forever and everything's awful but the truth is actually that we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know how long things are going to go on there could be a vaccine sooner than we're thinking and how about looking at it as uh an opportunity to slow down a little bit how about if we look at ways that the earth is healing itself the planet is you know doing better uh with less people um driving around going places and also it's an opportunity for me to slow down to do some inspiration right to look at myself things i want to change about myself things i like about myself it's not all bad so take the time to learn about cognitive reframing and put that tool in your toolbox it's a good one to have
1: yeah, I could see Eric smiling there when you were saying about the catastrophical kind of thinking of everything is just going to go bad. So I'm pretty sure we can both relate to that because uh, I mean I definitely do it, and I have definitely done it, especially seeing how people don't wear masks and all that amazing, lovely, you know, lack of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have, and I'm going to do a shameless promo, uh, we do have a NaraFarex session on hope. Um, and I highly recommend it because I think it's very, very relevant to mm. not only right now in COVID, but also just in your life, if you feel like there is no hope for the future, definitely go check it out. Uh, but maybe, Janice, you can give us some extra tips on how we can stay hopeful for the future, because sometimes it can be quite challenging to see the light side of, of a dark world. That's Right. Say
2: yeah so um, I'm a big fan of lists and making lists, and that can be uh, that can include a list of things that I'm scared of and then a list of things as they actually are, and then trying to figure out, well, what is the actual chance that this all this stuff could come true that I'm fearing and and sometimes, you know what sometimes there is a good chance that that a bad thing uh or a difficult outcome is going to arise and in that case the best you can do is educate yourself about it and try and be prepared when you worry you suffer twice so let's really try and (laughs) let's really try and control our thinking
0: you say that again
2: (laughs) when you worry you suffer twice that's my first good one
1: My dad has been saying that to me all my life and I just have such a hard time in actually putting that into practice. Like because it it is true, you just make yourself suffer twice for absolutely no reason, but how can we not do it? Like if if, sometimes it's just the only thing you can think about. This is so so difficult.
2: Yes, your dad contacted me before the show and asked me to bring that (laughs) up for you. (laughs) I know i know it's it's one of those things that can be um harder to put into practice but really Mm. when we embrace the fact that this this life may be the only life man does that make this life sweeter it makes me absolutely want to squeeze everything i can out of every minute and not waste one second on worrying about something Mm. that may or may not come to pass. So there's a difference between being prepared, like being reasonably prepared for something, and being consumed with worry about something. And, and if you were worrying, you know, just notice it, laugh about it, don't beat yourself up over it, and move on. So I'm glad. Yeah, you can thank your dad for that. That was good advice. He's been giving <laughs> he
1: you. has been trying for many years and consistently failed, but I do appreciate the effort. <laughs> at least
2: at least you remember it. That's good. Um, oh, the yeah, ne- yeah. The, the next thing I had um, written down is just some common sense uh, health guidelines. So we're, mm-hmm. things are different for us now. The world looks different. What we can do, though, is try and keep our schedule as similarly as we can uh to what we had before or adapt it as needed we respond well to schedules and that includes keeping up your exercise and eating well i mean i was joking a little earlier about the covid 15 and lots and lots of people right now as they're stuck inside more um, they're eating more they're drinking more so we want to Be mindful, be mindful of that because your health really is your most precious um, commodity. So let's take care of it. Let's not pretend that it's not happening. We're all under more stress right now. And you're the one that's in charge of everything that goes into your mouth while you're eating and drinking. I also want you to be mindful of rest. Some of us are tending to stay up later and later. Right now we get caught up on Twitter or whatever it is. Let's also take care of what we're mentally ingesting. Are you becoming a news junkie? Are you feeding yourself bad news, bad news all the time? Um, it's, It's time to curb that. I want you to consider the source of your news material, or is it just rumors or is it actual fact? And also give yourself permission to step away. You're allowed to take a break from social media. And in fact, if it's for your mental health, then I really suggest that you do that and I hope that you will um, Consider doing that. So, uh, oh technology technology is such a great way using it to connect with other people Um, It's good to be searching for opportunities To connect with people when we're lonely and of course it looks a bit different now than it did before the pandemic you might be doing more online communities rather than in real life communities. Safety still remains um, the goal when we're doing either in real life or online communities. I want you to be aware of of hateful places on the internet because anger resonates with anger and like Mm -hmm. attracts like. So you need to know the difference between unproductive, self-annihilating anger and productive anger that can lead to change. So try and be aware of that. Yes, it is frustrating that we're all going through this. It is frustrating and and angering um, that you no longer have your religious community or whatever else is bothering you there. But don't get tied up just in groups that focus on that anger. There's so much more there. Um, There's opportunities to volunteer. We can still volunteer online. And some of us are able to uh, volunteer in person. I know that RFR is always looking for volunteers. So yay, plug for RFR. (laughs) It feels so good to volunteer and you meet people that you might not have met otherwise. So big fan of volunteering. Anyone? Uh, Anyone?
0: You know, um, I used to be the executive director of a local uh, secular community in in Springfield, Missouri. And um, one of my favorite we did a whole bunch of events but one of my favorite events were the volunteering ones because we were all there kind of just doing something good whether it was cleaning up the highway or packing lunches for some kids needy kids or getting some uh food to some food insecure people or what have you and you know we kind of just were having a great time Uh, we knew we were doing good we we were kind of just hanging out and just um not didn't have any ulterior motive um but we were all there for the same kind of thing and that was some of my funnest memories fondest memories i think is the appropriate word other than funnest (laughs) it could be both yeah yeah i I love the volunteering part of aspect of it so that's that's a good tip very very good tip
2: I think it's also really significant for atheist and humanist groups, if they can at all be figuring out how they can help out in their communities, because volunteering is not the property of the church and of religion, because you know when they are volunteering, it is with an ulterior motive. They want to get their hands on people and people's wallets and whatever else if we're doing it um because we're humanists and because we just actually want to help other people um let's get that out into the community let's give legs to um to that opportunity i'm glad you volunteered Mm -hmm. i've done lots of um, volunteering volunteered with hospice um, suicide hotline crisis hotline alzheimer's society all sorts of there's always groups that are looking for help
1: I can definitely relate to that. I started volunteering in the pandemic uh, just when we went into lockdown and it has definitely been the thing that has saved my mental health completely because it makes such a massive difference and I really really mean this like if I wasn't volunteering in RFR I, I know I would be having massive like depression and anxiety because uh, I'm just naturally prone to those two so I, I absolutely I cannot recommend enough that It doesn't have to be in RFR, obviously, if you want to. Amazing, but it doesn't have to be in RFR. Uh, Just doing something for someone else releases dopamine. That is just just a fact. Um, So definitely give it a try, because if you haven't already, um, because it's it's just amazing. um, It
0: is. Before even uh, uh, doing work in Springfield, I was in um, Los Angeles area and helped out at the local Humane Society that wasn't people. Those were amazing, adorable cats and dogs, uh, and that that was very, very fun too. Like, I'm not one for. I'm I'm kind of an introvert and would rather just be home alone reading a book. But when I get to be around animals and uh, cats and dogs, um, it just I just feel so awesome. Like these guys are. I, I love working with animals, and so I. <laughs> If you don't like people, there, you, can still, <laughs> you can still volunteer and, and uh, you can't not like animals.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it's like that bumper sticker, the more people I meet, the more I like my cat. That is true sometimes. <laughs> that's not good for a therapist, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, volunteering. We want you guys to get on board with that. Um, it's such a great way to expand your community and generally meet some people who are fairly selfless i mean they want to be improving the world that we're all living in um it's a great time to learn something new i don't care what it is it can be harmonica it can be drawing it can be baking something you've never baked learn something new oh i'm taking some great uh online conferences about sex sex and intimacy through somatica uh, institute wow they are hot and they are so good it's time to learn something new
1: i'm just putting that out there
0: great (laughs) that
1: that is so true especially if you used to have like a hobby and you can't do it anymore like i used to do pole dancing before quarantine for three years and i haven't been able to do it because all studios are closed and that is absolutely terrible (laughs) and catastrophic so uh, baking has definitely been like an amazing alternative. Just doing something that keeps you entertained is just an amazing thing to do. So definitely try one of those. Thank you, Janice, for, for um suggesting that because it's definitely a big one.
2: Well, might I recommend if you're baking more and eating more, how about just putting a pole right in your kitchen? And that way, you know, you can eat something and then you can
1: get, get some action going on the pole. Yes, pole dancing. Mm, I like mm. it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely gain weight in quarantine, so I'll have to lose that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do things you enjoy. Now is the time to start doing things that you enjoy. Stop putting it off for Pete's sake. This is it. This is your chance, people. Resurrect some hobbies and things or things that, ooh, things that you always wanted to try. You know, here's another truth for you. Forbidden fruit makes the tastiest jam. That's one of my favorite sayings, and it's so true. Things that you have always been curious about, and particularly things that you denied yourself permission to explore because of religion, guess what? You're not bound by those rules anymore, and you're free to explore. Might I introduce you to something called the incognito window on your computer? If you are exploring some things that may be slightly X-rated, you want to uh, be able to have privacy. If anyone else looks on your computer, I <laughs> thank you for clapping. Uh, if you, yeah, you you know, use your brain, use some wisdom about uh, researching things. But by all means, it's time to explore. And again, that can lead to expanding your community in some pretty fun ways, I might add.
0: So it sounds like first we're kind of working to uh, deal with some of the loneliness, and then. Mm-hmm then we find people out of these interests that we uh, discover. Is that what you're kind of the path yeah. we're kind of going down? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh, battling loneliness and also building communities. And I say communities, plural. Um, religion used to be our one-stop shop for getting our needs met. We would have our social needs met, our psychological needs met. There'd be childcare for two hours, so you'd get a break from your fu- or from your kids. Sorry, <laughs> break from your kids, <laughs> if you need a break. Um, oh, if you, were, uh, if you were going through a hard time financially or socially, you would have those needs met in the church, in the one-stop shop. Now, your life is gonna look more like a mosaic or a patchwork quilt. You will have many communities. And it's up to you to build those communities. And it takes effort and it takes work. And those are things, responsibility. The church robbed us of our agency, robbed us of independence. They, we were to become more and more dependent on the church for meeting our needs. That's how religion keeps people there. That's one way it keeps people trapped. So now, yay, you have the opportunity, the joyful opportunity to build your own life, to build a life that is meaningful to you. We need to stop being meaning seekers and start being meaning makers. And I'm talking to each of you. You all get to become a meaning maker. And the meaning of life is to give life meaning. You get to decide what is meaningful to you. That's the life I want you to build. It doesn't have to be a life I approve of, or that I enjoy, it has to be a life that you approve of, and you enjoy, and is meaningful for you.
1: Do you have any tips for those who maybe struggle to fight the shame that uh, maybe these new habits are creating in them? Because if it's something that the church used to forbid, um, I'm definitely like sure that people are facing these sort of negative feelings when doing these activities.
2: Yeah, this is also a great time uh, to do some values clarification exercises. And you can Google um, different sheets and forms for values clarification on the internet. If you grew up in religion as I did or you spent a long time um, in a kind of narrow group, You were told what to like and what not to like, what was appropriate and what was inappropriate. You may not actually have ever even thought about what is important to you, what you as an individual like, and what's meaningful and important to you. So doing some values clarification, now that you're apart from that religious group, can be really helpful and can also help point you in the direction of new communities that you might want to be a part of, because you're going to want to be engaging with people and activities that align with your values. And so as far as the shame question goes, it's important to be aware if we're feeling shame. Am I feeling shame because I'm doing something that's violating my religious group's code of ethics or their value standards, uh, because I don't give a shit about that anymore. Uh, I need to be aware of my own values and what's important to me. So as long as I'm not going against my own values, I don't have to worry about that, about feeling shame at all. And keep coming back to that, keep asking that question, is this shame because of something that was imposed on me? Or is this something, uh, an actual value of my own that I need to look at and maybe do some work around
1: that is massive thank you i didn't know about the value sheets that is really really interesting i'll definitely check it out um values clarification yeah that's amazing let me write it down because i want to know (laughs) okay Okay. um oh yeah
2: we talked about doing some things that you enjoy um i'd also like to recommend for people the idea of doing book clubs. So I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Dr. Marlene Winnell and her book called Leaving the Fold. And there are several clusters of people who are doing reading groups of uh, Marlene's book, Leaving the Fold, and it is changing lives. These are groups of like four people on her through her Journey Free um, website and You can do that, of course, with Dr. Ray's books. He has some fantastic books that are also life-changing for people. You find out, ask in chat groups, who is anybody interested? Would anyone like to explore this book further with me? And it is an opportunity to build a close, tight-knit community of people with a like interest who really get to know one another and can support each other. So I want Mm -hmm. to encourage you to look at book clubs
0: you know what? it's so funny you say that because uh um i uh, watched interview with a vampire and just kind of made fun of it on facebook because it just was like a silly goofy movie and then um they were the some friends were like well you need to read the book like okay and out of that we actually started an anne rice book club and (laughs) I I, i never thought i would join or let alone even start an Anne Rice book club, but I had a great time. We kind of met, this was before COVID, but we met in like a restaurant. We'd have like a month or so to read the book and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was just kind of cool. And all these other people read the book too. And um, just Anne Rice book, if you had like told my 30 year old (laughs) self, hey, you're gonna be a, a, a part of an Anne Rice book club. I'm like, you're kidding but it was a lot of fun so yeah you're absolutely right I like that idea
2: oh I, I also would recommend for <clears throat> any of your viewers who are so inclined Anne rice also has written a somewhat naughty trilogy I think called Snow White or about Snow White so some of you might enjoy that <laughs> I'll just leave that right there uh, book club Oh yeah, we talked a little bit already about the idea of inspiration. I want you to become aware of your own needs and and feelings, especially as they pertain to divorcing religion, to losing your community. It could be helpful to make a list actually of everything that you lost in losing your religious community. And then also to make a list of the needs that you currently have because that list is going to be your starting base um, for uh, what you need to be doing for yourself. You're going to take that list and see how can I get these needs met and depending on the community you live in there might be some uh, in real life um, groups that you can participate in. Certainly you can use Google to um, research different groups uh i'm in a ton of facebook groups i've done a lot of meetup groups and of course you want to be keeping safety in mind anytime you're um doing those things but making those lists um is a good place to start it's you now have full permission and full responsibility to meet your own needs there's really no other way around it
1: is there any other like uh, platforms that you recommend for people to find their communities? Especially on the internet, obviously.
2: Let me see, I've got my some of my papers here. Um, <laughs> I have a list of a ton of podcasts, like being being part of what's affectionately known as the ex-evangelical community. So community of people who have left evangelical Christianity. There's a lot of groups. Um, Uh, and podcasts focusing on that. Uh, Also YouTube channels. There's a ton of YouTube channels. I don't know if you want me to read any of these out or if we can, if you want a list um, after the fact.
0: Yeah, we'll Uh, dump a list into the um, the chat and we'll also put it up on uh, YouTube in the description later. Um, Excellent. If you would um, maybe kind of talk about one or two and what uh, make them uh so important to, uh, to you why you added them on the list that'd be good
2: sure oh sure um as far as podcasts uh one of my favorites is called the mind shift podcast with dr clint haycock h-e-a-c-o-c-k and clint is originally from seattle but he now lives in wales um and he has his doctorate in theology I believe and he certainly is no longer a a believer but he has the most interesting phenomenal guests on his show Um, right now he's doing kind of a deep dive into Christian nationalism and looking at some of the dangers that um, that is posing especially in your country I'm in Canada but really around the world Yeah, Clint has some great and interesting guests, and also he has a vibrant um, community on Facebook for people who are interested. Twitter, I've also found um, to be a great place of support for myself. Uh, I'm judicious about whom I follow and even whom I allow to follow me, Um, but I have found it to be good for me. You sometimes have to have a thick skin, on Twitter and on social media, but my first rule is take nothing seriously. You know, take nothing personally. Take nothing personally except love. I heard that recently. Um, So uh, Mindshift podcast, um, indoctrination podcast. Oh, of course, the atheist experience. (laughs) Classic. How to heretic. Yeah. There are so many good ones um, for YouTube channels. I love Valerie Tarico. I know I've mentioned Valerie before, um, but her her she has some videos that break things down into very bite-sized pieces to help. They helped me understand how I became so uh, engrossed in my religious faith, and um, also how that religion fits into society at large so i really like valerie i want to mention a youtube channel that your uh viewers might not be familiar with it's called it's a german name Kurzgesagt.
0: Kurzgesagt.
2: yeah oh, i yeah. love
0: Kurzgesagt.
2: it means in a nutshell that's yeah. what it means and one of my favorite uh, videos that i found really helpful was called um optimistic nihilism mm-hmm. and that's that was a really serious topic for me, and I was scared to explore it, the idea of nihilism. So when my brother recommended that to me, I was so glad I watched it. So I do recommend Kurtz Kazak um, for a YouTube channel. Uh, Sam Harris, of course, as well, sensibly speaking, with Chris Shelton, is a former Scientologist, very interesting and likable fellow. So there actually are a lot of places you can go online to be building your community. And I, of course, have a a Facebook group as well called the Divorcing Religion Group. It's a private group. Um, You can find it and uh, answer some questions if you're interested in joining just very supportive and some of the members have been able to get together in person uh, because they're from all over the world not just from uh, the united states but also from canada and uh, africa and different parts of europe so the relationships that you're making online are actually significant and sometimes they do also work out to be in real life relationships and friendships
0: yeah, you know that was an interesting shift that happened. Uh, I think in like the 2000s, where before we uh, before online dating was scoffed at, and um, uh, having making friends on the internet was kind of in that vein too. But now more and more, these there is like no difference between uh, real friends who are next door to you or down or uh, who you went to school with, and friends that you meet on Facebook that you may never ever meet in person. Like. I've noticed that shift happen in my, my own circle of friends um, as well. I, I'm working with so many amazing support group directors and many of whom I may never have the opportunity to meet, but they're, they would be there just um, as readily for me um, if I needed something uh, than anyone else would uh, down the street. It is, it is an, a, a significant shift in how it's always been
2: it is and it's one of the very best uses of technology in my opinion is connecting us to other humans and for some of us it is absolutely a lifeline when i think of um, lgbtq um, two-spirit youth who maybe are growing up in a religious home social media is a lifeline to them they may actually be able to reach out and join a support group or just feel supported, just feel normal when their home life feels anything but um, normal and healthy to them. So I I encourage people not to be shy. Um, Do your homework. If you're, before you join a group, because I know a lot of us are real shy about joining groups now since we've (laughs) left church. (laughs) Um, Do your research. You want to be sure to find out about the beliefs of whatever group you're looking at and also you want to find out about their history in case if there is some ugly history there um it's worth finding out about and also here's a good thing to know you're allowed to join a group and you're allowed to leave that same group you can you can do it at will you can do it willy-nilly it's your life you do not have to stay stuck in a group you're, you're trying it out, you're like a butterfly landing on all these different flowers, taking a sip and seeing what tastes good to you, what do you want more of, um, no, and that's, you're right.
0: I think what you just said is more important than we, than we may have initially thought, because you said you can join a group and then leave it, but so often, like many of us come from a background where we, uh we either born into or uh joined a group but we couldn't leave it it was very very difficult to leave it and um so we were kind of trained like we we have to somehow make this work so i think that's that's a really good point as as small as it may seem you can actually leave a group
2: yeah yeah that and that's part of the beauty of um rediscovering yourself after you've divorced religion you're becoming acquainted with your own sense of agency that was denied you for so long and part of that is trying things out and sometimes they fit and sometimes they don't and you don't let it completely derail you and like it's the worst thing ever it's just a thing it's a thing that happened i tried it i didn't like it i'm moving on i'm gonna try this other thing but it's really a matter of um giving yourself permission and then also as best you can surrounding yourself with people who are healthy enough that they can handle that and that they can affirm you in your choice i want you to be healthy hopefully you want you to be healthy imagine what a better world it would be if all of us were actually um you know living our healthiest lives as far as our um, mental health goes
0: Mm-hmm. And groups can change over time as well. Um, they, beca- they can become healthier or less healthier. Um, and yeah. so uh, I, I've, I've said this a few times in some past RFRXs, but I kind of was raised in a black and white world. And um, so when I would uh, join a group, I'd have to, I would tend to think that it was always going to be the same. It would never change, but that's just not how things are. And, so it's kind of nice to now have that freedom to um, say, fuck it, and walk away from from it, or also have the freedom to fight for it to be better and, and for it to change too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have another favorite quote here because I know uh, Dr. Daryl loves my quotes here. <laughs> Dating after divorce is like high school, but with stretch marks and debt. That's what it's like. So we've, we've already been through, if we're talking about religion, we've kind of been through the ringer there. We've divorced our religion now. We're we ready to put ourselves out back into the world, as it were. Um, you know, we're a little older and hopefully a lot wiser. So that's a good one. I got a, got a couple other good quotes for you if you're interested
0: yeah oh, lay them on us we love you <laughs> like you you come bring in the amazing quotes and you i yet. don't disappoint That's disappoint the truth. <laughs>
2: uh this is a favorite one of mine not in their goals but in their transitions are people great that's by emerson ralph waldo emerson i love that all right oh here's a good one by louis pasteur my strength lies solely in my tenacity and that is true uh, We all need to work on our resiliency because it makes life a lot easier. If you can be resilient, you can be tenacious. Yeah. And the last one, tell me what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? That's by Mary Oliver. And I love just considering that one. That's inspiring to me. What do I wanna do with my one wild and precious life obviously I want to spend it on podcasts with people like you <laughs>
1: yeah there is so much freedom in knowing that this is the only life you get and that you you might as well get the best of it um, not having a second chance. it can sound like pessimistic but it really isn't it's just like an opportunity to give yourself the freedom to explore new things now right now right here instead of waiting until the next life uh, to be happy
2: yeah it's time to start making that forbidden fruit into tasty jam try it out (laughs) explore see what's there
0: (laughs) that's awesome well um uh we've got a few questions do you have anything else you want to say uh or, or cover before we move on
2: I think that's about it. That's about it for me. Hopefully I can answer your questions.
0: Mm -hmm. Good. I'm sure you
2: will. This is the most nerve-wracking part, by the way. (laughs) Here come the questions.
0: So One of the questions is, like, um, so uh, when you're circling a black hole, how does time shift uh, relative to, um, no, I'm just kidding. I
1: was checking the questions. I was like, I do not find this here. What is Eric saying?
0: <laughs> oh, few. Um, we have a uh, uh, before the um, uh, we had our our session our discussion kind of start. There was a lot of conversation in the chat talking about let's get on board the the Janice train because oh. so many fans of yours are here in the chat. Oh. There's quite a few choo choos going on. <laughs> so, <was> nice. <laughs> so one of the questions is actually from the. Um, the ACA Discord uh, server. Um, what are some clues to watch for when discriminating between productive and non productive anger?
2: Sure. If I'm thinking um, as far as being aware of potential groups to join or people that I want to associate myself with, um, I'm going to be trying to gauge the level of intensity that they are, you know, h- how often they're talking about this thing. Do they keep coming back to this thing? Do they, are they able to see anything else other than this thing? Or is it just like this huge massive boulder that's that's all that they can see? It's obscuring everything else from their, their field of view. So um, gauging the intensity, um, also how, okay. how often you're kind of circling back around to it. Ideally, anger about a situation is going to motivate us either to what's going to motivate us to action we're either going to leave or we're going to see what we can do differently to change the situation um it's we don't want it just we don't want to just be stuck there in like a slow burn right we want to use it um to be able to change, to move us to action.
0: Got it. Uh, Thank you.
1: Sounds good. Um, another person says, uh, let's say one loves themselves to the point they say, um, fuck the rest of you peasants, um, because they are because they refuse to accept that they are equally valid and viable as any other human. Uh, and this person says, I am single, not lonely, because I, am, I complete me. Am I crazy? Uh, no. So I is this person crazy or is this reasonable
2: i i applaud applaud (laughs) that person to get to a point where we don't need the validation of other people because we completely affirm and validate and accept ourselves i think that's a beautiful space to be in now um as far as relationships go Um, we're looking maybe for people, um, who can add something to our life. We're not looking for people who can, who are going to detract from our life, who are going to be such a drain and a burden, that all we have to do is take care of them. Like that's pretty much parenting, uh, as an adult, you're looking for your equal and, um, just somebody that's going to make your time on this earth more fun. And it's the same with the communities that you're getting involved in. You want it to be enjoyable, because you're actually more productive when you are having fun and when you're enjoying what you're doing. So no, I do not think that person is crazy. I wish I knew that person. I hope I know that
0: person. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, we've got another question. Um, So for me, I find it difficult to get motivated to do some exercise or to get into some of these healthy habits the whole feeling of loneliness really kind of feeds upon itself do you have any tips to kind of get us past that to help get us motivated for doing these these kinds of uh, things to pull us out of our loneliness and to find the community
2: well again i'm a big fan of lists and one of your lists can be what you want what you want to get out of your life, um, and the only way that you're going to actually do that is through action. It's not just sitting on your couch wishing that someone would show up at your door. You actually have to make the investment yourself, and that's part of adulting, and that's part of taking responsibility uh, for our life. And we're not in that one-stop shop anymore, where we're kind of catered to in that sense. So when you're uncomfortable enough, you're gonna change. I, I'd like to see you making a movement, taking action before then, when it is completely your choice to do it and you're doing it because you want to improve your life.
1: Um, so on the topic of like healthy habits, if anyone is struggling with sleep, um, I have been suffering from insomnia for uh, all my life basically uh so if you want any tips i highly highly recommend meditation uh which i know a lot of times can come with a lot of uh pseudoscience and kind of magic things but uh there is a scientific background for meditation um so i know this is something that i have a struggle with uh during lockdown more i'm sure a lot of you guys are suffering also with it so um if this is something that you are struggling with a bit uh, this this last few months um again meditation and also medication if you need to get medication for not only yes obviously but any sort of mental health issue during lockdown there's no shame in that uh, just as a friendly reminder if you need it go for it excellent take
2: it. i'm so glad amazing. you brought that up thank you because yes particularly medication if you need it please pursue it get on it it's to improve your life and thank you for bringing that up and for meditation um if folks uh, have trouble with um dissociation meditation can present a challenge so please proceed with caution when it comes to meditation but there are um people who have um i think made videos on youtube about trauma-informed types of meditation. So that might be something for you to Google as well. Google is going to be your very best friend as you said about building your new communities. It's all at your fingertips. You can do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh amazing. Thank you. Um, and then someone says question for Janice playing the devil's advocate. So it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, to some it might sound like your advice just proves the frequent claim." as to why people become atheist all just want to sin. um do you have any thoughts on that kind of sentence can you can you repeat that to me again yeah sorry so basically someone is saying that what you're saying about now you have the time to uh kind of explore yourself and explore what it is that you really want to do um so this person is asking is this validating what a lot of these People are saying, "Of when you become an atheist, all you just want to do is sin, and that's why you become an atheist." Um, so the question wow. is, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, um, I personally love sinning. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> to put that right out there right now. Yeah. Um, I I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, that's great. With exploration and inspiration and figuring out what you want, um, particularly apart from what you have been told that you want. Now really is your opportunity to figure out what you like. So go for it. Yeah, I got I got no problems with that.
0: <laughs> you, had, you said a word, inspiration? That's my word that I made up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for appreciating it. <laughs> Yeah, just the it,
0: idea, mm-hmm. Sorry. Can you, you define it inspiration? Inspiration.
2: Inspiration, inspiration. Yeah. So right. with, with exploration, we're looking at things outside of us. Now is a great time to do some inspiration. Um, taking a look at our feelings and our thoughts and um, our values and what we'd like to do, what we don't like, what we need to jettison from our life in order to be, healthier and again okay. it's only because you want to do it not because someone else is telling you you must do this
0: got it All right, well thank you <laughs> you're I, welcome i don't <laughs> maybe that'll become a word that we use more and more often and you heard it here first folks <laughs> 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 well we have got one final question um and uh um, it kind of goes back to what we had talked about a little bit earlier, how uh, so many people have more friends online than they do offline, and it, and uh, uh, it still seems to be offputting or not normal uh, in the in the eyes of some folks. How do you think we could, or what kind of tips do you think we could you do to um, normalize uh, having a more online relationships or having, you know, being okay with having online friends and and less offline
2: friends. Well, we can thank COVID-19 for that because uh, it really is um, significantly important in this pandemic time that we're living in. Um, Sometimes we do need to be distancing and isolating from people in real life i mean whether we've been exposed to the virus and we're having to self-isolate for 14 days or um i was working in a doctor's office Um, now i work from home because i just didn't feel safe with whatever i could be bringing home to my immune compromised daughter so my amount of interaction with people outside the home has decreased significantly and with that i have had a need for my own mental health to increase the number of relationships and communities that I'm forming online. I think it's a great thing for us to be normalizing and encouraging other people to do. I mean you might catch a computer virus that's all you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's very safe sex. Practicing very safe sex. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: So, as someone who hasn't lived in her country for three years, um, I can kind of give the advice and solicit advice that uh, make sure that you keep the relationships you had before COVID. During COVID, also um, Zoom calls, Skype calls, they are quote unquote blessing. Uh, They are amazing. Um, It's so so important to feel like you still can count of these people. Um, So, for example, I haven't been able to see my friends or family since Christmas and I'm not going to be able to see them until at least Christmas unless the Mm -hmm. pandemic gets worse. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure So many of you will probably not have been able to see your family in so many months. So please, please, please do make sure that if they're, of course, you know, healthy and good relationships, you keep them. It's not just about making new relationships. It's also about keeping the ones you had before, even if they weren't online based
2: that makes beautiful, sense. beautiful, absolutely well said.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Janice, Ooh. thank you so much for uh, joining us again. Um, uh, we really, really appreciate it. And looking through the chat, both um, the ACA Discord and here in uh, Zoom, it's been very active and uh, very encouraging. Uh, they've, they've been encouraged by what you've said. So, thank you so much for that.
2: Yay! <laughs> thanks for having me back, you guys. It's
1: always fun. <laughs> well, thanks for
0: being had. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for keep keep coming over because I would like you I would like to remind everyone that our speakers are here for free. So they do it out of their goodness of their hearts, which is why we feel so incredibly grateful for every single one of our speaker. And especially Janice, you have been here so many times and I just I can't thank you enough. It's just amazing. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Recovering from Religion is a non-profit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering from Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work. Resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts, disbelief, and trauma can also be found on the RFR website. To connect with a secular therapist in your area, go to seculartherapy.org and create an account. If you'd like to support the work that RFR does, you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the Recovering from Religion website. It's also a big help subscribing to the RFR YouTube channel, our blog, or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast.